to the Six Sides of Life podcast. I am your host, Omar Ekume, and yes, we have a full house today. You know, today's topic, we're going to be talking and discussing regarding college football. You know, these are athletes who are unpaid, um, but are out there really playing for a brighter future. You know, playing for hopefully professionalism. And so that's going to be our topic today and how, you know, uh, how football is moving in times like this. So I kind of want to start off with, with the book of Nate. Um, just start off with a question here that is very pertinent just to get us started regarding this, this topic. You know, what effect does not playing this season have on potential NFL draftees, especially the ones who are in the final year of their school? You know, what effect does not playing this season have on those individuals? Good evening, everyone. This is Brooklyn Nate. I believe it affects um, the seniors. I'll start with the seniors first. It affects, um, it, um, affects them more than anything because a lot of them um, may have had an injury that junior year, or maybe their sophomore, freshman year, and missing the year. And a lot of NFL teams want to see more of the player live in action, especially if you're playing on a big team like Clemson, Alabama, of those um, teams, of, teams of those nature. So, of that nature, excuse me. So um, by playing this year, by not playing this year, they their stock will drop in the draft, and they'll and when the stock drops, you get less money, and you want to have the opportunity to maximize your talent, to maximize your opportunity to obtain the maximum money that, that, that you can make um, by being drafted as high as you can get drafted by, and then you know once you know once, once you're like a top five, top ten, whatever pick, you know a lot of times. Sneaker deals come immediately um, towards them. So being that in May, if you're a, maybe just say, oh, sophomore year was a great year for the receiver, and you never got to play the junior year, and no season. Now, like, like, well, I ain't seen anything from this guy from this end. It can affect him, his money, um, and potential endorsements. Um, um, I think people like maybe Trevor Lawrence, uh, he's not a senior, of course, but he has, he may have a pass because we've seen him in a full season action. He played against arguably the best team in college football history and he performed at a high level. Um, his IQ was phenomenal. He'd be compared to a lot of NFL players um, in the league um, and his, with his poise, um, being so patient. And understanding what the defenses are putting now that he um, dissects them so well, um, and of course he's well coached. Um, so um, I think they—I'm not saying that they need to have a uh, college football season, but I think it is needed. Um, of course, you can't put them in a bubble like, like the NBA had. Um, if they were to, to do that, it would be too late. As they already started anyway, or like they're out, but I think it's too late for them to do so. And. Um, I think that um, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that there aren't any um, positive um, tests coming out for these college football kids. Um, we had enough already on certain teams. I hope um, that doesn't continue. I hope they take care of themselves. Know that, um, a lot of them are in school where they party, have a little bit together. And um, hopefully they are understanding, hey, I'm trying to make it to the next level. So I'm not going to go to these parties and potentially catch coronavirus and sit in my dorm room and study film or study on my subject that I have. 
That's great. I mean, I think you're, you're hitting a good point by saying that, you know, the students not have to take more of the precautions in order for them to not to not fall, you know, or or attract this, this or contract this this virus. I'd like to plug in really quick, if possible, Omar. Um, yeah. Um, I wanted to kind of make a rebuttal to what Nada was saying that you know college teams could not make a bubble, um, and I believe that's actually a little bit not all, not all the way true. Um, the fact of college kids being on campus and and strictly staying on campus is in, is in essence a bubble. Um, if they're on campus, they're staying there, they're going there, they're doing their online classes, they're doing their classes, whatever it is. Um, if they're there and they're not going anywhere except to play other teams, then in fact, you've created a bubble, just not to the way of um, what the NBA has, has done. So I just want to kind of to clarify that part. All right, but that, that's a good input. And I think by speaking about that bubble, uh, we can jump to to Rob here. Um, and and this, this is a question that I have for you. You know, can college football complete their season without having a bubble like the NBA has, you know, in, in that way? Well, I mean, in terms of a bubble, because – I think Ozzy made a good point. You know, you got college football on campus. Um, you know, the hope is that they have everything they need on campus. They have, you know, the pool, the uh, training facilities. They'll have everything in terms of, you know, helping them, uh, you know, as, as a football team. However, when it comes to a bubble, there has to be travel, of course. Because let's say, for example, the SEC. The SEC um, is the best college football conference in, in the, uh, the nation. They've been one of the most consistent. Uh, conferences, they play with, uh, you know, they produce more professional athletes and professional NFL players than any uh, conference across uh, the board. So, you know, hands down, we're the best conferences. But as far as the, you know, the bubble, if it's possible for them to do it without a bubble, I don't really, you know, football is a very difficult game to have a bubble in because of the number of players, number of support staff, number of, you know, coaches that are needed in order to really have a, a good football team. Like you think about these um, college programs, you're talking about 70 players, uh, you know, upwards of like, you know, 20, 25 support staff, coaches. So it's 100 players per team. The NBA, I mean, basketball is just a game that is just more conducive to a bubble concept because they have the fewest number of, uh, you know, people, you know, per team. I think the top level, the top number that anybody can take in the bubble is about 37, per, 37 personnel, um, which, you know, compared to a football team, you can even have the players on the team just 37 um, people. So I think it's extremely important to understand that with the, the bubble, while it's going to be easier on campus to keep a spread from not happening on campus, it's going to be extremely difficult to take that and then hopefully travel to a different site, stay in a hotel room, um, do whatever is needed, you know, for that team to prepare for the football game and then come out, you know, expecting a, uh, you know, I guess no positive cases. That's the only issue I would say is just the number of players, just so many. And then you're also dealing with college kids, you know. It's a little harder to corral college kids, especially if they have the opportunity to be out on campus. I mean, think about when you were 2021, you know, 18, 19, 2021, it's, you don't want to listen to rules. You don't want to necessarily 
you know, be, I guess, in a situation where you're not, you don't have your freedom. Because this is, you know, college where you go and exhibit your freedom for the first time in your life for a lot of these guys. So it's extremely important, I think, to um, think about those factors when it comes to preparing for a season without a bubble. I don't think it's going to happen. I do think that they'll find a way to complete the season, the teams that are playing. But as far as uh, the bubble, I don't think there's going to be a bubble, but they'll get it done um, without the bubble. That's great there. That's great there. And, and, and you know, it'll be very, it's very important for their futures, right? It's important because it's not just playing just to play. This is playing for a future. It's playing for professionalism to be able to play in the league. You know, it kind of brings me back to that to that uh, to the question about you know what, how what impact does not playing have on these students? And, and I want to ask this question to Ozzy. You know, with the Big Ten and the Pac-12 not playing this year. You know, what other routes, right? You know, if, if the players were not good enough and this was going to be their break, breakout year, right, um, what type of alternative routes can these students take? And how effective, how, how effective do you think they're going to be, especially with a season like this where, you know, a lot of people are not going to be able to play? Uh, well, I think uh, there's two ways to uh, look at it uh, for, for a lot of these Big big name stars. There, there have been a couple players already who are sitting out. Um, it's my belief that there won't be a national championship or a legit national championship. So some of these key players, these top players, your Justin Fields, your Jamie Newmans, and some other players have 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 opted to just not play. Now those guys know that they're first round draft picks. They're top you know top of thirty players in the draft. And Justin Fields and Jamie Newmans are number two and three in quarterback prospects. In this draft, so they're first first round draft picks, barring anything crazy happen. But for some of these other guys who are banking on this year being their year, here's here's the here's a, the honest truth: those guys are still playing games. Now, if their season gets canceled, then there's a whole you know thing to uh, look at of how, of how do I get my exposure. But if your team is playing, it's more vital that you play. You know, the SEC, uh, Big Twelve, and the ACC are still playing their whole conference schedule. So you're still looking at 9 to 11 games of teams playing games to where exposure happens. Now, this this offseason is going to be different than ones in the past to where um, there's a whole process of looking at players, of having workouts. With this virus looming over, there's real thought that you're going to have some teams who don't have as many workouts because, you know, the workouts exposes their – Team personnel exposes the athlete to maybe a person having a virus there, and then you know it it it's um, spreading or causing that that athlete harm. So um, I think still, if there is a season, of course those players are going to play. If there's not a season, or something happens in their season and there isn't one, the one thing that those athletes are going to have is they're going to have the opportunity to still have private workouts. Um, I think I don't think there will be all-star games because there's, there's usually college all-star games, there's a senior bowl and stuff like that. I think that might not happen, which will definitely hurt some guys because that's a great time to work out in front of NFL staffs, to be um, to be uh, coached by NFL staffs. So that, that, was, that part is going to hurt. But I still uh, believe, especially if you're a senior who needs this year, you need to play this year. And that part is normal. You're playing this year as normal. Not having a national champion is not going to deter 
should should not deter somebody who needs this year to play to actually play. In the offseason, what they're going to have to do, of course, is they're going to have to – there's probably going to be a small amount of workouts. So those guys really, really, really have to definitely push um, push to find – Find ways to get their to, to get themselves in front of NFL teams, in front of NFL coaches. Um, but I do, but because they are playing this season, I should say, I don't think there's there's any different route than what it normally be, from what it normally will be. You have a season, you'll have an off season to train and work out, and then you will have some teams that have prior to the workouts. That number might be. Smaller than normal, but I think it's still a doable. Hey, I, I just want to come in um, real quick, uh, pertaining to the like the situation with um, kind of Pac twelve, the Pac twelve, uh, you know, whether or not it's the legitimate champion. One of the concerns I think um, about this season, especially with you know, young athletes, is that we still don't know the effects of the um, coronavirus on young people. And, of course, a lot of the young people who get it are going to be able to um, survive and move on. But, and, I mean, not necessarily move on, but they'll be able to survive. They won't die from the uh, virus, but they can have long-term effects. This is actually a, a quote from Wayne Sebastianelli. Wayne Sebastianelli is the Penn State Director of Athletic Medicine, Okay. And he said this, he said, when we looked at our COVID-positive athletes, whether they were symptomatic or not, 30 to roughly 35% of their heart muscles are inflamed. And we really just don't know what to do with it right now. It's still very early in the infection. And then he also mentioned how that kind of led to the Pac-12 and the Big Ten making the decision to not play. So basically... Um, I'm not a cardiologist, but of course, inflamed, um, you know, heart is a condition called myocarditis, which is actually a fatal condition. So I think that is one of the things that a lot of people are not looking at and why a lot of the, um, some of these conferences have said they're not going to play. So while I think for the most part, like you heard about uh, over the weekend, 12, the University of Tennessee players um, are out basically because they tested positive for coronavirus. And you see how a lot of these young men are being, uh, you see how they're getting infected. Because think about it, your football team, I think of all the major sports, football is not just a contact sport, it's a collision sport. Guys are banging with each other. So if somebody's positive, within a play or two, you can have the entire, all 22 guys on the field being positive. I think that's one of the actual points I just wanted to point out. It's very interesting to see, you know, how that transpires, especially some of the players that are able to play this year and how they perform in the NFL as opposed to players who will not be playing and see if that bears any fruit in terms of the results when they hit the um, NFL. Uh, two, two things I want to um, kind of talk on that Rob just just uh, spoke on um, in terms of the virus and in terms of that Tennessee thing. Because of those kids having tested positive, there wasn't just an effect on them. They had to hold out 44 players, which caused them to cancel their their uh, scrimmage schedule for, for Saturday because 44 players were part of the contact tracing process. So 44 guys had to be out in total, including those 12 guys, because of that virus. 
And then uh, when Rob was talking about the heart thing, well, that actually um, looms pretty – that's an interesting fact because um, – so there was a quarterback that played at, Ch- at Chapman High School um, here in South Carolina. They won the state championship this past year. Um, he is – I mean, he is super talented, uh, can, can make every throw, is a really good athlete, very, very talented player. Well, he signed to play college football at George State. Um, and so while at Georgia State, he contracted the virus. So as Rob said, most most athletes, most young folks are going to get the virus, they'll beat it, and blah, and blah, blah. Well, Rob brought up a good point about the heart thing. Well, he is actually, he, he cannot play his, first, his, his freshman year. Due to him having the virus, he had a, um, the, the, he beat the virus, but the effect of that virus had an effect on his heart, which he, uh, which doctors won't clear him because he now has a heart condition that the doctors won't clear him to play this season. Um, and he's one of, he's probably the best quarterback that Georgia, that Georgia State brought in from their re- recruiting class. I've seen him in person play. He is super talented. If he cannot play his freshman year because of the effects that the virus had on his heart, he has to sit out this year and will hopefully he'll be able to play it next year. That's crazy, man. That's that's really good information. Didn't know that. Um, and that that just shows that you know we still don't know what the coronavirus does um, in, in, in different people's lives, man. It, it's just a crazy pandemic. I want to go back to something. I'm going to come back to this point too, but I, I want to touch a point. I want to get the attention of John and Lenny on this question. Uh, we spoke a little bit earlier about you know this season being legitimate or not legitimate. I think we want to kind of tackle that. Is this college season? A legitimate season without a national champion. I mean, we're hearing from the news that the the college, uh, uh, you know, the NCAA will not have a national champion in our, in our college uh, this college season. So, is this season considered a legitimate season? So, John first, and then Lenny, you can kind of uh, come back and talk about it. Um, for me, um, this season is not. Um, I think honestly. For the conferences that are actually having the kids play, it's a money grab. It's all about money. And and I understand that um, in terms of college football, they have more to lose because a majority of their revenue comes from ticket sales and donations and boosters, whereas the NFL still makes money because people still buy jerseys and stuff like that. So I understand it in terms of, of college football. The... In terms of the level of competition, when you have two of the Power Five not not playing or not participating, it sort of dilutes, you know, a clear-cut winner. Um, Pac-12 is not playing, and so you know, for me, that puts puts the puts the season. For me, it puts the season in perspective that whoever plays, they're just playing just to. Like the kids who are playing, honestly, are kids who are playing to hopefully improve their draft status. Um, unfortunately, for for the conferences that are not playing, um, those kids who probably would be eligible for the draft, not playing hurts them. Um, what I would have loved to see college football do um, to sort of preserve this season, because let's face it, we are five. We are. Closing in on six months with this virus, 
and we still haven't treated 10% of the U.S. population, okay? Um, they're pushing vaccines, you know, faster than, than anything ever before. Like a vaccine normally takes four years to produce. They're pushing one in six months. So there are a lot of variables that make it unsafe. And, and going back to the question itself in terms of, of playing football in this season, I think college football, I think the NCAA should have, in all honesty, just postponed the season till the spring and have the kids play in the spring, maybe cut it down to either an eight or ten game an eight or ten game season, and then have the bowl games literally, you know, the following week after. Um, but honestly, like whoever whoever wins is, is really mainly for bragging rights. You're not going to have a clear cut national championship winner, and so I think that playing this season doesn't. Um, it, for me, it's not. You're not going to get a clear-cut winner. It's not really a good a good look for college football, personally for me. Thanks, John. Hey, Lenny, uh, could you add some more to this regarding the season? Is this a legitimate season without a national champion, from your perspective? No. I don't think it's not legitimate. College basketball is like...
there's no leadership in the NCAA. Because right basically what you're having is an entity that is that one gave no guidelines and told everybody pretty much spend for yourself. Which is why you have, you know, three of the power five conferences playing, and then two of them simply saying, you know, we don't have enough information to proceed safely with the season. And I and I can respect that. You know, it's not a, it's not popular, but I can definitely respect it because the NCAA has been very, very I mean, the business has been terrible at really being leaders and kind of directing these schools who pretty much are running the whole situation themselves. Uh, and I think as far as this being a legitimate season, let's be honest, okay? Well, if you've watched college football any time the last 10 years, Pac-12 is not winning championship this year, okay? Pac-12 is a, you take look at the Power 5 conferences, they're an inferior conference that basically is not going to be able to compete with the likes of the SEC. Um, ACC basically comes in, or pretty much anybody in the um, any legitimate team, the Big Ten. And you look at the Big Ten, if it's not Ohio State, there really isn't any kind of legitimate, consistent competition. Michigan has been in and out. Uh, Penn State is is coming up, but has not been a national uh, title uh, participant or contender, you know, recently. So honestly, the champions are going to come from either the SEC or the ACC anyway. So as far as I'm concerned, if you want to put an asterisk on this season, if you want to put some kind of, uh, you know, memo that says not everybody played, then fine. But I don't see, if you're going to allow a season to be played, allow for the respect of the kid that you are allowing to basically risk their long-term health um, to entertain everybody and to put money in these guys' pockets. They need some kind of payoff themselves. They need some kind of reward for basically, um, you know, risking it, or for some of them for their own you know, benefit because it puts them in a place where they can be put on stage and potentially raise their, their draft status to help them get a bigger paycheck You know, when it comes to time to get drafted in the NFL. But for the most part, most of these kids are not going to be playing professionally in the NFL, and they're doing it to entertain and to entertain us and to compensate us, you know, for, and, and to you know, entertain us and to compensate, sorry, the NCAA you know, with the ticket sales and, and, and the gate receipts. So my thing is this. Give them something to say, okay, you know what? For all the uh, you know, toil and all the work I did this season, this is my payoff. This is my reward. But say, oh, you guys can play. Oh, we'll take the money. Oh, we'll take, you know, whatever revenue you guys produce. If they give you no reward to show for it, you know, I think that, I think that's wrong. A lot of those kids that are playing to say, listen, this was the, you know, parameter of the season. These teams didn't play, but of these teams that participated, this was the best team. Give these kids something to at least hang their hat on. Because at the end of the day, Ohio State, you know, will make them, you know, um, not Ohio State since they're not playing, but, you know, University of Georgia will make their money. You know, um, Clemson will make their money. University of Miami, they'll make their money. And they'll, you know, have this, you know, whatever record they get will be part of their record books. But you can't take the champ a championship away Allow kids to play and say, you know what, you're not going to win this championship or we're not going to give you a chance to be, uh, you know, earn a championship because so-and-so did not agree that it was going to be safe to play the season. Great points. I can respect it. I can respect it. But for the kids, these are, remember, these are kids. And like they say, there's 70-some-odd kids on each team and maybe four or five of them from each team are going to get drafted. So all these kids, you know, they there's nothing for them. If they play the season, the seniors that may not be able to play NFL because they're not good enough, give them something to at least strive for. I think it's ridiculous. 
that you and you're gonna allow them to play, allow them to earn money for the NCAA and all these universities. Give them something that they can as over on. This is what I'm aiming for. This is my goal. I have a championship that I'm playing for. But to say, oh, you know, you can play if you want, you can do all this, you can risk it out, but we're not gonna award you at the end with a championship. I think that's really ludicrous. That's a terrible. That's an awful take, bro. Um, I, know, I, think, I think it. I think it's ludicrous, and I. I would love to hear your your opinion because, of course, you being a Big Ten fan, you're not gonna want a championship, uh, you know, given or you know, given to somebody else. But the fact of the matter is, Pac-12 is not gonna is not competitive when it comes to making college football championship, and if it's not Ohio State. I don't. I know how how not how it's Penn State, but to be honest with yourself. If it's not Ohio State in the last 10 years, the Big Ten has absolutely zero representation when it comes to national college football championship. All right. Well, here, here's, here's the, the rebuttal and, and, and actually the absolute truth. Okay. In the last, <laughs> oh. year, the last 10 years that you claim three of the top 10 of winningest programs, three of them are Big, are big Ten um, uh, programs. And so when you, when you say – here, here's where there's a problem to what you say. You're now going to penalize the teams that actually want to play because it's not like the whole Big Ten said, we ain't playing. The majority of the Big Ten wants to actually play, but their governing body has told them no. So by allowing the national championship for three other Power Five conferences but disregarding the other two is not fair because you're, cause you're taking a, something that was that's not in those players, those teams of control. Okay, and now another thing here is when you look at the, the national championship, this would have been fine. There's more so things that come uh, along with this whole three three major conferences playing two two aren't. Every single program, whether they play or not, is going to suffer a huge loss fi- financially on their on their program. Okay, um, even if you do play. You, you can't fill your stadium up with the same. Regardless of where you play, you cannot. Okay? So you're going to have schools that get 20 to 30 to 40 to almost $50 million lost because of not being able to fill up stadiums. And really, your only reason for having a national championship, in terms of what you said, is you can't penalize the kids that, are, that have the conferences that allow them to play. But in that same way, you're penalizing of the kids that have no power over their conference, who they want to play, but their conference, their their governing body is not letting them. You have a Nebraska who's seeking to disband from the Big 12 because they 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 want to play. You have the, the majority of Big 10 coaches that have said they want to play, but the Big 10 uh, governing body has stopped them from playing. So so are you going to wrong the two the, the two conferences? Who seem to have no control and give right to the three the three conferences who maybe have a little more political draw to do with why they're playing instead of just oh we're gonna play. Um, what their political party has to do a lot with whose 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 conferences and whose teams are playing. I'm not gonna go into depth on that. But so I think if if not all your schools are are eligible to compete for a national championship, then you cannot just give three three conferences the national championship because it's not a national championship. Your your, your schools are not are not clearly com- competing as a whole for that championship. And to also say this, two of those conferences are going to play. They have plans on playing. So are you saying that there's a national champion for the fall and national and national championship for the spring? Now that's a two like that game you can't play that game because then 
I guarantee that you would say, well, there won't be an national championship for the spring. Well, well, well why not? So, well, to play. So, 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 so hey, I want to add something to this. It's hard to really say that you're going to do all that because if, if we're being 100% honest, there is, you cannot have a full season because you don't have the full, your full country playing. Your whole schools are not playing. Was the Big Ten wrong for jump, for, for jumping the gun? I believe so. I, I believe that they should have took their time and their, and their diligence to make sure they could they could not play prior to saying two months ago, well, we ain't playing. All right? However, that same fact, there is no such thing as giving schools the, the ability to, to, to compete for a championship that's going to have to actually buy it anyway because, as you said, Ohio State has, if Justin Fields play, this thing doesn't happen. Ohio State has a great chance. They arguably if one, two, one, two plays away from beating Clemson in that game last year. And so they're returning a big part of their team and have a legit chance of playing for a national championship. Penn, Penn State, yes, there is some team bias, but Penn State is is returning um, a majority of their key players from last year's team, and they finished top seven last year, and they, and they, and they have a legit chance to play for, to make the playoffs. So we got to so, be careful giving away, well, they, they, they should play. They're allowed to play games. They can still so, win their conference championship, but a national championship is national, meaning all the teams are playing. Just a guy who, who loves playing the sport, 
who knows that when this year is over, you're not playing. Are you going to say, well, if there's not a chance to win out to win our championship, I, I ain't going to play. This is your last time playing, playing anyway. So if I were you, I'd play. And so there's there's many ways to look at it. It depends on who um, it depends on who the person is that you're asking, why do you play? Everybody plays to win championships, true. But if you're a superstar and you're on the ropes to make millions of dollars next year, I'm going to be honest. Playing with you is a means to getting to being to to being a pro. And that's why a lot of these stars, these, these superstar top top rated players are saying, well, I'm not gonna play. I'm not gonna play. And that's and that's fine. They have the right to say that. But but if you truly love playing the sport, you're worried about playing for your guys, for your teammates, the guys you sacrificed with in the summer, the guys that, that you spent a bunch of off seasons with, you know, you miss family vacations, you miss time at home, you sacrifice a lot. There's no reason why you would then say I'm not, I'm not playing all of a sudden. Yeah, I want. Uh, you, you didn't, you didn't answer the question, but that's okay. No, I wanted to ask something. So the notion that these schools don't have money is false. Okay, the university. I'm not saying they don't. They're going to lose it, regardless if they have. Listen, they got money in the bank. They have... No, Rock John, that's, let, that's not let John finish his point. Listen, listen, the school itself, the school itself, the University of Indiana has a $5 billion endowment, which they can spread however which way they want. They ha- so, so, so the notion of the school doesn't have money, the schools, the, the powerhouse school. schools have money. Athletic programs, not school. I'm right. About so, so listen. Doesn't matter about the athletic program. The school can go into its bank account and pull money and put it and give it to the athletic program if they so choose. There is. Tell what University of Georgia, Alabama, and another thing. The last fifteen years of the last fifteen national champions. How many national champions have come from? Conferences that were not the SEC or the ACC. The question is just one: Ohio State. And the la- <laughs> Listen, we can rest assured, believe that that if we had a season, the national champion would either come out of possibly LSU, Clemson, LSU. or Alabama. No. Okay. I don't think anyone from the Big Ten, from the Pac-12 would be playing, and if they did, they more likely they would lose. <laughs> so, 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 John, you're, you're going to sit here and tell me that LSU, who lost their quarterback, who lost their running back, who lost three offensive linemen, who lost five or six or seven defensive starters, would would be favored to win over, to make it over a team like Ohio State. They have a very good recruiting class first. coming in. No, that is They got a very good recruiting class coming in.
We don't need to discuss the quarterbacks. The fact of the matter is, no. The fact, the fact of the matter is, an SEC team, an SEC or ACC team would be winning the national championship this year. Plain and simple. Uh, listen, what makes you so sure that Justin Fields will be healthy all year? <laughs> listen, we we have data. We have plenty of data. 15 years worth of data, one one champion that has not come from the ACC or SEC. One. And that was Ohio State. After that, regardless of doesn't what matter. I, I understand that. But it's not like you're working on charts and graphs. You're working with human beings <laughs> and actual human beings doing things. And the same results happen every year. And the same results happen every year. Actually, <laughs> all right. I think at this point I'm gonna have to give it to Ozzy for the sense of you cannot make assumptions. Okay, Omar, Omar, he can't make assumptions. Thing that he had with the Saints with him. But guess what? Joe Brady's not back. Joe 
saying the difference was they brought an offensive coordinator from the NFL because he was with the New Orleans Saints. They brought him to LSU, and he helped revamp the offense because if the offense last year looked like the offense the previous year. No. What changed? The quarterback did not change. The running back did not change. All right. 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 Let's move on. Move on. No, Joe Burrow was there for two years. All right, move on. Kind of go go with the numbers. 
the numbers and the statistics tell you that the majority of the kids that get it in that age group are going to live. There's going to be a possibility that there's going to be some effects, but at the same same time, what the best that you that you can do keep your facility clean. Um, if you don't have to con congregate, um, then don't. If you have meetings, wear a mask um, and just do just do the little things right. So if you don't if you don't have, if you have a meeting, wear a mask. If you're going doing walkthroughs, wear a mask. And if it's legit practice and they're having to you know for hit run tackle block and all and all of that stuff, then don't wear a mask. But if you can control the amount, if you test your kids, that's that's the biggest thing. That's the difference from high school and college. High schools we aren't necessarily test, testing our kids on a normal basis. You're testing your kids and you're being and you're being honest with with the results, then you can you can you know turn your plans to make it best fit your team and your kids. But testing, wearing masks when needed, and just just being smart, telling your kids the more times that you go outside of this school and go out into the public, into the community, you raise your chances of getting sick, of stopping of either you or your teammates from playing. And you gotta think the bigger than just than just yourself. So I think um, I think the, their plan is good. I think uh, each school cannot be the same thing, but I do believe that what that what they're trying to do is effective. And Nate, if you can ask just some more um, to the conversation. You know, uh, are the guidelines in place actually protecting players or causing more issues? Um, I think it's um, protecting the players. I think that um, this is not like um, college is, of course, nowhere near um, professional where there's um, extra stuff um, to go by to help the numbers. I think that these um, kids are so willing to play the game of football. I understand it fully. Um, it's their dream. It's what they um, put themselves through um, to get better at. And like maybe they um, didn't have, like some of these guys don't have a, a B uh, um, option. They have an A. And the A is to make it to the NFL. And to do whatever it took to make it because maybe their dad made it, their friend, their cousin, whatever made it. And they made it to make it. And they're very talented to make, to make it to the NFL. And I believe that. Um, with these, with these guidelines and stuff, it's, they're looking after the college players' health and, they're, and, they're, and pretty much the life and the lives around and, and the lives around them as well. And they, have, and they have to understand that, yes, your dream is this, but you have, to be, you have to be healthy and alive to get there. And yes, you might not be able to be where you want to be when it comes to being drafted in the NFL, but as long as you make it, but we need to make it. Our job is to make sure that you're safe, make sure our, our campus, make sure all our kids on our campus and staff are safe. And it's hard to take that in as a student athlete. You want to say, let us play. Let us do our thing. And there's a lot more going on besides the, you know, the coronavirus. Uh, there's social injustices that's continuing on. Um, schools, are, um, um, schools are getting involved. The student athletes. Especially like, um, for instance, Trevor Lawrence is a big um, name in college football. He, um, um, he's involved, and people are following suit. So it's a lot of stuff going on. Um, 
and it all comes to like, hey, I'm just to some love. I think it's looking for, um, there's, there's so much, it's like a domino effect of what's going on right now that makes it uh, extremely difficult to go through coronavirus. There's the social injustices. There's, um, um, deaths, not only in the Hollywood world, but also in the sports world and, 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 and the lives of others. Uh, a lot due to, of course, coronavirus or other um, natural causes and diseases. Um, so everything is crumbling down. It's affecting a lot. And it's hard to take in at times because you're like, hey, um, you know, you gotta, I got to wear a mask every day. Like, not, not a mask is part of my uniform. It's part of life. I can't leave my house without it. Or I can't get in my car knowing that, hey, I don't have a mask on me. Um, and so I think the, the, the higher up, they're doing what's best for the kids and the staff members of the school. And they're going to, and they're going to take that hit um, when it comes to um, not playing the football environment. That's great. You know, I have one more question. It's more like a polling type. Uh, we'll probably add this as part of the Six Hour Life poll as well. But just kind of want to run through a yes or no to kind of end this podcast for the night. Uh, but from your own perspective, um, you know, should this college football season have been played? Nate, yes or no? I'm going to go with um, yes. Lenny, what about you? Say the question again. So, so basically, uh, with the with your own perspective, should this college season have been played? Yes or no? No. Aldi, what, what do you think? Yes. Rob, what's your thoughts? I would say yes, and that's going to be a course if there's you're able to keep the kids safe. Yes. John, are you there? Can you answer this question? All right, so we have roughly about three yeses, one no. Uh, and it just kind of shows um, that everybody's still on the fence regarding this thing. So uh, listen, this is the Six Times of Life podcast. We had a pleasure to kind of talk about the college football season. And we're hoping that it kind of enlightened you a little bit, kind of encouraged you, but also uh, gave you something to talk about. You know, is this a good season? Listen, if you want to reach out to us, you can find us at Six signs of life at gmail.com that's s-i-x s-i-v-e-s o-f-l-i-f-e at gmail.com you can also find us on instagram facebook and all the other social media platforms we want to hear from you i hope you have a wonderful day enjoy it thank you for listening bye-bye